Lord, we just thank you again for your presence. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you are doing around the world and how you are awakening your sons and daughters at this time and season. Awakening them to see and understand dimensions of their inheritance, of their mission, of their responsibility, of their authority, perhaps, that they haven't seen before. And we just thank you that this awakening is being accompanied and will be accompanied more in the future by a greater rising of your sons and daughters there to be followed by a great shining of your sons and daughters where we will see nations walk and operate to the light that is, that is manifesting through your sons and daughters. Holy Spirit, we ask for your strength even now. I ask for your anointing, your oil on me and that there would be the impartation you desire to all those that listen to this message even now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We want to welcome those who are watching us via live streaming and those who will hear this and be able to get this message through the iPod and whatever our downloadable uh, messages from our church website. And uh, for those who are watching this, various schools and ministry around the, around the world, uh, we welcome you. We are on uh, the mountain of media. For us, it's our seventh mountain. This may not be the way they've shared it with you in your uh, particular school of ministry, but this is how we are. are uh, for us, this is, this is where we're at, and we're on the mountain of media, the mountain of media and communications. And uh, again, the, this is the seven mountain mandate, and the seven mountain mandate becomes a, a more in-depth template for understanding how the kingdom of God is coming, how it will come upon the earth, and how it comes, even as Proverbs 9 says, wisdom has built her house on seven pillars that what God is doing, there is, even seven is not just a perfect number, but there are specific aspects of himself that he wants to reveal here on earth, and that is part of, uh, a major part of the message, that it's not the Seven Mountain Message is not just a brainy strategy that we all get involved and say, oh, wow, these are the seven key areas of society and we should try to exert influence. It's not that kind of thing. It is something, it is a revelation uh, that does identify these seven areas, these seven key areas of society, but it also reveals to us that a major mission, uh, really the main mission for, uh, for restoring uh, what God desires on each one of these mountains is the fact that we are restoring the image of God that he desires to showcase on that specific mount. There is an aspect of the face of God that he is desirous to reveal in every sector of society. They have known him. Uh, it has been well publicized. We want to continue advertising him as God the Redeemer as we see him on the mountain of religion. But he is also the God of government, he's the God of creativity, the God of education, the God of provision, the God of family, and he has anointing, uh, I don't think I mentioned all seven, but there's seven of them there, uh, he has anointing, power, light, and all that it takes to displace the existing darkness, even in these structures of society that wrongly represent how he would run things. We go with Jesus saying in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, Father, like it is in heaven, here on earth, let things operate. And there is an application to this for this mountain of media and communications. And um, we can think of it as, as, wow, there's media and communications in heaven? And yes, there is. And uh, as we go into the landscape of, of this mountain of media, I want us to understand it well, both the enemy there and what we are talking about when we talk about the mountain of media. For Christians, it is a temptation to think, well, the mountain of media is that we want to get our messages our gospel messages out on TV. We're already doing that. That's still something that is taking place on the mountain of religion. And in some ways, they do cross over, but it's different than what, what I will be sharing and different than what our assignment is on the mountain of media where we are called to showcase a dimension of our God that is different than the dimension of God we're showcasing on the mountain of religion. And so... It is about all the news reporting agencies is what we're talking about. When we talk about media and communications, this is the primary area that we are talking about. This is where we have a mission. You can think news reporting is important. Yes, it's important. And we'll, we'll get into that a little more so you understand it. So on every one of these mountains, we are going into the spiritual landscape on that mountain. And we are uh, letting you know uh, how there is a tie-in with the seven enemies in the promised land. You know, the, it, the ites 
the Girgashites, the Hittites, Jebusites, all the ites that are in the promised land. There is one that uh, represents uh, the enemy on each one of the mountains. And for this mountain, the enemy is or are the Hittites. The Hittite is representative of the enemy. And it is interesting, even when Joshua went into the promised land in Joshua 1, the Lord even called all the land of Canaan the land of the Hittites. And it kind of gave, gave and gives us an understanding of what we're up against uh, even today, that as we enter into this promised land, this dimension of seeing nations operate under the light of the sons of God, because that is the seven mountain mandate really is to see God made famous in all the earth and that he is sufficient here on earth, that he has the wisdom, the goods and everything that is required to, for, to function for his kingdom to function in every sector of society. It's not like he has some different robotic dimension there in heaven that can't identify with what we have here. Um, they have more gadgets than we can possibly imagine. We'll find out when we get there one day. We think we're more advanced in heaven because we got text messaging and, and we got all these things. You're going to be shocked how behind the times we are when we get there. Um, they really have advanced technology. They are the initiators of it all. So anyway, the Hittites, their name literally means fear or terror, and they represent bad news. And uh, we'll go into the principality. The principality is Apollyon, and his name means destroyer. And so this gives us uh, an understanding, and we continually point, point out on every one of these mountains that the enemy has a fairly simple mission, a simple uh, mission, but not necessarily a simple approach. He's very maybe uh, sophisticated and, and multi-pronged in how he does what he does. But he understands that on this mountain, in order to distort the image of God, the way you distort the image of God is to bring bad news, unredemptive news. You create terror. Uh, it is not by accident that we even understand. It's not as prevalent in our understanding as it was years ago when we had the 911 situation, the Twin Towers blown down and this incredible fear released through the whole earth just watching the Twin Towers come, come down and they are called terrorists. That's what, what a Hittite would be, a terrorist. And there's terror with news and we understand that they really would have been very limited in their ability to instill terror without media working with them. And there was, they had their very own personal organization, we, we can say, Al Jazeera, working as their spokesperson. And because of that influence, there was this ability to continue to release terror even when there was nothing happened. And, and we see the effect on our psyche, even how it changes us, because the Twin Towers were blown one time and it was bad and they collapsed. But most of us have experienced it about a hundred times. And because media has been a willing participant, and so you feel the impact every time. And it's, and you get a ministry by Apollyon who destroys, he's a destroyer, and he destroys with news, and he destroys specifically with bad news. In Revelation, it speaks of Apollyon, and those who follow him carry a forked tail. And this gives us insight into how he operates. Forked tongue, forked tail. He turns and twists communication so that... Uh, what really, if objectively looked at, is happening one way, uh, he twists and turns it so that it, it looks another way. For example, all the stuff in Iraq, uh, people who would be there, military people, would say they would be so uh, hurt and, and, and disgusted. I don't know what words to accompany them. They couldn't believe that the American media would not report on all the good things, all the water sources they were, you know, all the wells they were digging, all the schools they were starting, all the houses they were building. There was like immense amount of good they were doing in Iraq. But the one bad thing that took place, the one vicious, violent thing that took place that day, that had to be the lead news story. And, and it, it, it is the operation of powers and principalities that operate on that mount to stir organizations to do that. And this is part of their function because bad news conditions a people to receive ministry from demon spirits in other mountains even. And bad news weakens the immune system. There is disease released through this. There is stress. You know, we're the supposed, uh, and I don't want to say it like we're not, most blessed nation on, on the world, in the world, but I don't know, what is it? Some kind of 40 or 50 million of our people are having to take anxiety medicines of some sort or another. And it's not to condemn anybody having to listen to that, but obviously there is something taking place even in this land of the free where everybody's 
trying to come in. We're having, you know, new laws and restrictions on our borders so people can't keep coming in here. But there's great fear. And the media is the great carrier of that. Even reports, you know, you may remember from just a few years ago, there was shark attacks were in the news every day. And, and, and there was like, oh, another shark attack, another shark attack. And people didn't want to go to the beach. And there was tourism was greatly affected. And then a report finally came out that that year, shark attacks were actually down compared to most years. The media just decided to report on it. So that's a, you know, that's that forked tail thing. They don't maybe intentionally do that, but there is a twisting of reality. There's not objectivity taking place there. So this gives us a little understanding both of how the enemy is operating and what his methodology is and what his purpose is for that. Because it, it, good news conditions the people to receive the goodness of God. The kindness of God leads to repentance. Even before people repent, the kindness of God extended towards them causes them to repent. And we've seen this practically among the nations. We were talking earlier about we've gone into places and spoken and prophesied to mayors and cities how God is going to bring relief and financial relief and help. And when it came and when these things took place, then they turned to God in mass because the kindness of God led them to repentance. And so kindness of God, good news, hopeful news, conditions of people to turn to God. And bad news conditions of people to really turn away from God in different ways and to give themselves over to other ministering demonic spirits. And um, unfortunately, we, even as the body of Christ, even on our own Christian TVs, on the other, on the mountain of religion, we have done a bad, a bad job of understanding our mission on that mountain. We have often carried bad news on that mountain also. You've you got a 50-50 chance of hearing bad news coming out of preacher's mouth because they're trying to condition people either to give or to come to the Lord. Things are terrible. Things could be bad. You don't know if you're going to live and all this. Give, come give your life to Jesus. All for the one day in the future, everything's bad right now. And yet, it's called the gospel. And the gospel means good news. Evangelist, evangelio, good news. And we are to be those who carry that. And speaking of that, uh, there are the, uh, the solution, the answers God has on that mountain. Part of the, the spiritual mantles that he has are those of evangelists, the new evangelists. Uh, I, I call them new evangelists because we know of evangelism as it takes place on the mountain of religion. And that's where you're basically, the understanding there is you're trying to get somebody to give their life to Jesus and get saved, an evangelist. But an evangelist, uh, their, their very name means bearers of good news. An evangelist, that's what his name means, a bearer of good news. And we understand the best news is that Jesus saves. But there are other good news also. There's other good news we want to uh, bring there. And so it brings the antidote to bad news. It is a displacing mantle, and God desires to raise up a new kind of evangelist on the mountain of media, understanding their mission there. You operate differently. Your purpose is not sharing, specifically John 3.16, is to displace the effect of bad news and be able to explain it with the silver lining, with the redemptive message God is desiring to bring there. Now, I will tell you, also, it's my belief that the Lord has shown me that, uh, for instance, I tell you there is communication in heaven, and it's a big deal. It is redemptive communication. You'll hear all the instructions. If you, if you think about it, read through the Bible, all let your communications, how we're supposed to communicate with each other and how it's supposed to be blessed communication among ourselves. And I believe the archangel over this mountain is Gabriel. And I believe he has tens of millions of angels under him. And I... Shared with you, the church here, last year that I felt like the Lord showed me in Rosh Hashanah of last year that he released Gabriel with his angels in an increased way towards bringing this, uh, this, advanced, uh, this advancement of the kingdom of God where we will see nations, entire nations come under the light of the sons of God. And uh, at the beginning of the year, beginning of 2010, I spoke and prophesied we would see a lot of change in media because these angels were involved with it. And just what's taking place this, this year in media, for those who've been following it, it is amazing. They are going through a major overhaul revolution. The rules are all different. Major newspapers that have been around 100, 150 years having to go bankrupt, canceling. Uh, you know, just I think two days ago, U.S. News announced their paper edition is no longer there. There's all kinds of reasons for it. But it's a shaking of that mountain that is giving opportunities like never before for sons and daughters of the king. 
years, you know, up till the last few years, basically to have any voice. The media was considered a major power, and they could uh, either contaminate or release truth to an entire uh, population, and, and, and they could uh, they could so be in control of the news that they really could affect entire cities and nations. But now what's taking place, the advent of the various branches of the internet coming forth, there is like 50 different ways to find out what's really going on somewhere. So people can check up and find out if the newspaper really is telling the truth or not. They're not just, well, the newspaper says it. They said it on ABC, and therefore it must be. There are many, many ways to find out. There's all kinds of blogs and internet uh, openings that become openings for sons and daughters of the king who understand their mission, who understand, and this part of this is to awaken in you, if you were called to be an evangelist, maybe it's not to be the traditional type evangelist you thought. Maybe you are called to be an evangelist in this way, and as we continue to go, you'll understand your mission a little better. Uh, Back to the idea of Gabriel, it is interesting when he would show up, how he would understand what he's going up against and what he was bringing, and I don't have this listed here in the PowerPoint, but I'll just read to you out of Luke chapter 1, or you can look at it. Of course, he had already come, Gabriel. Anytime there's an important message of good news, it would send Gabriel. This is all the way back to the Old Testament. Daniel's seeking God, and Gabriel comes, and he begins to tell him about the end times. There's good news, and Gabriel is there to encourage Daniel in that way. Then he comes to Mary. He says, Mary, I've got good news for you. And, um, and he tells her about what she is going to carry. And then in verse 11 of 1 says, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. This is Zacharias, John the Baptist's dad. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Notice the first thing. Do not be afraid, And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. He's coming in that spirit. He's against fear, and he's for rejoicing, joy, gladness. Many will rejoice at his birth. And he goes on to tell him he will go in the spirit and power of Elijah. And verse 18, Zechariah said, The angel, how will I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. Who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. I was sent to bring you good news. But because you had trouble believing my good news, you will be mute and not be able to speak until these days, till the days these things take place. There is something about Gabriel showing up bringing muteness at the right time. And um, I believe the Lord showed me even the first nation that was taken for the children of Israel when they crossed the River Jordan. They went into Jericho. Remember, the children of Israel had to be quiet. First, this marching of seven days, there is quiet and then the sound that he joined the sound. But there is something in the transition of Gabriel coming in. That's what's even taking place. There's manifestations of this in media. There's various things being he's going around unplugging a whole lot of things. So godly things can be plugged. And so there was an unplugging quiet and then the sound that takes place. And then he is uh, when we finally share with you. For my next book, The Opening of the Seven Seals, the seventh seal is the seal from the mountain of Media, and it says, and there was silence in heaven for 30 minutes, and it speaks of who's active then is Apollyon at that time, which would be the, the enemy on this mountain, and I believe the angel that blows the, the trumpet, the angel involved there in that situation is also Gabriel. The Lord just, uh, when I was studying this over the last 24 hours, I hadn't asked him before, I, I don't think I had. But I've shared with you before that the first nation I took the Seven Mountain message to was Costa Rica. And I made a declaration in the conference there. I said, this message is so powerful. And it's about how a whole nation will come under God that as a sign and wonder, I wouldn't be surprised if it blew the national power grid of this nation. And I said that at 8, 10 p.m. And at 8, 10 p.m., the national power grid of Costa Rica blew. This is like a newspaper. I have it. You can check it there. It's for five hours. There was lights out. There was nothing. The backup system in the airport blew out too. The Lord said, that was Gabriel. And, and so this is a lot of help. He, he interacts with this power grid. It's part of what he does. It's truth, light, and there is a lot of things he is uh, presently doing, things the Lord has shown us he has done over the last year. For instance, because there's been this involvement 
the mountain of media. For this last year, for this year 2010, we're late in 2010, we can see that the church's witness, particularly here in America, has not been that good as far as the famous people. That was part of what we spoke early on in the year. There would be a lot of unpluggings taking place there. And we have our share of scandals. Maybe in the future I'll talk about it coming here out of Atlanta also. Uh, mega churches and, and, and mega pastors that have been on TV. And this is taking place and going on. And there's been a whole series of this taking place this year. And so it hasn't been a good year for, let's say, the reputation of the church. But in the midst of that, God's kingdom is advancing. And yet, because of... The, uh, Gabriel and the angels working in this mountain of media. We have really seen things happening in the media as I've been sharing with you, but there has been some things even that have taken place on and through Fox News that I'm telling you Gabriel and the angels have been a part of and involved in. And so we have this weird thing that took place this year, and it's not to back up these people as if everything they've been saying is right. There's a mixture there, but you have a Mormon named Glenn Beck who's calling the nation to righteousness. It says it's time to turn to God. It's not about being Republican or Democrat. Folks, we got to change. We got to turn to God. And he reads scriptures from the Bible and says, come out and let's declare we're going back to God. And so 700,000 people make it to D.C. for that, including 2,500 pastors of all races. And uh, it was like, wow, you would think that Billy Graham had called it. No, a guy on Media Mountain called that. And a guy we'd have trouble, some people are still struggling with that. How can a Mormon call us to righteousness? He just did. <laughs> Sometimes they know Jesus. And so there's, this has just been a sign of this year. There's many things that testify and tell us. Again, I could tell you many more things, but we have to go on with this message. That he's been around and he's looking for those he can work with. And right now he's just working whoever's there. And, and there's lack of sons and daughters of the king with vision. We're so used to the traditional old way of thinking. Well, we just show up on the mountain of religion. We try to get people saved, and that's all we do. He said, no, arise and shine in every sector of society, and I'll begin to accompany you, and I'll begin to work with you and walk beside you. So the archangel Gabriel, that's just, uh, uh, I think, an exciting thing. We've got to be aware of whatever power, because you can go, Apollyon, oh, man, he's resisting me if I'm immediate. Yeah, Gabriel's with you apart from God, the Holy Spirit, and everything else. Our guys are always bigger, better, uh, stronger, more powerful, all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's what we want to uh, be aware of. You remember also when there was uh, the visitation to the shepherds, and, and uh, what verse, I think that was just verse 8, wasn't it? Let me see if I'm, might have been chapter 2 of Luke I wrote down the verse, but I forgot to write down the chapter. Yeah, 2.8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around him. And they were greatly afraid. I don't know for sure, but I felt like the Lord said that was Gabriel. He has great glory, and they were greatly afraid just of the angel. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. That's just what Gabriel, he comes and says, I got good news. See, that's the spirit of good news he carries, and we're supposed to carry that on us. It ties in with this message of hope. We've got to be those who carry hope and good news. And there's a way natural news can be shared in a hopeful way, and we'll get into that a little more. We want to look at the scripture, Isaiah 52, 7, speaks into this very point we are making right now. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things. It just then gets into who proclaims salvation, but it's talking even a different type of salvation because Jesus had not yet died. But there is this thing of uh, recognition. Again, I like the terminology, even on the mountains. Beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. We thought, well, yeah, that's whoever brings the message of salvation. No, there's, there is value it is considered blessed. It is beautiful for the feet of those who bring these redemptive news, news, who can speak things of hope, whether, yeah, the best news that exists is Jesus saves and all that. But there is other good news, and feet are beautiful of those who are called to bring uh, 
the king's perspective on what's taking place in society on that, that mountain. We, I didn't put it there, but the next verse, Isaiah 52, 8 says, You watchmen shall lift up your voices. Your voices will harmonize. They will sing together. And speaking, I believe, even for us, you watchmen, that's an assignment. Evangelists as watchmen, even over the news. And how do we report the news in a redemptive way? How do we report news where it's instructive as to God's heart, as to what's taking place? You watchmen shall lift up their voices. Their voices will harmonize together. They, I love this line, if your Bible is open there. They shall see eye to eye when the Lord brings back Zion. The watchmen that are there as evangelists, seeing with hopeful eyes, discerning the times, they will see eye to eye with the Lord. There's such a need for that. And I'm going to tell you how some of this works. You know, just what's taking place in Haiti right now. And they just got hit again by uh, another, uh, you know, remnant or uh, Thomas hurricane. So interesting, even the name Thomas. Uh, unbelief. And, and we know that there was a great thing the Lord did after the earthquake. And, and, and many, many tens of thousands have come to the Lord and they've turned their heart to God. Many have said, we know it's judgment upon us because we have... Uh, given our life over to voodoo and the demons of death and all that kind of a death culture and because of that. And so there's been great repentance, but yet there's a remnant of another storm called Thomas, in case you didn't quite believe the first time. Uh, there, there is something that comes in. And it's funny, there is an absence of, of God's people intentionally positioned as watchmen to give, report, to, to give the reports, but I, I, I've watched CNN, Fox, ABC News, News outlet after news outlet over this year said, for some reason, Haiti seems to have a target, a bullseye on it. And, and they go on to, and this is a people that are steeped in voodoo. Well, there's a way if you're called to that mountain and you can report it and you don't have to make a statement. God is judging them because they're in idolatry. But you can keep pointing out how they keep getting judgment after judgment after judgment, and yet they still insist upon honoring the dead and the voodoo. It's just very interesting that this keeps happening in this place, and yet they stick to their voodoo. You can just make a statement. You can lead them to water, and they'll drink it on their own. It's already happening. They already, they already know it. But as I'm going to tell you in the coming days, it's going to be very important, sons and daughters of the king, be in the watchman positions in news agencies to know how to stealthily with wisdom, share and put pieces together that people wouldn't naturally put together and not make statements that God is doing this because of this. And I'm not telling you that God is destroying and coming against Haiti. There is a reaping. When you serve a God of death, the God of death will visit you. And it's not even about the Lord coming to you in a judging way. It is the gods that you pay sacrifice to and honor. They will come visit you. And that's what happens. And so we want to understand that. And there is, you know, it does say Isaiah 26, that there are some people on the earth that though they be shown mercy and mercy and mercy and goodness, they will not change. But when his righteous judgments are on the earth, it says specifically Isaiah 26, then the peoples of the earth will learn righteousness. But that is only one way. We've, many of us have known about that. There is going to be a greater way that takes place, the Haggai 2 way, He's going to shake the nations and he will come and reveal himself as the desired of the nations. The Isaiah 2-2 in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord exalted on the tops of the mountains and the nations come running to the household of God. And it'll be because sons and daughters of the king will be able to see aspects of who he is and reflect that aspect of who he is to society. And they go, oh, wow, he's a good God. He really wants to win the nations over with his goodness. And most of them he will. There will be some that will require some other cajoling, if you want to say. And we're supposed to be helpful in understanding that and explaining that as it does take place. All right. Let's look at Proverbs sixteen twenty four. And we were looking at these scriptures, and there is, of course, a great value 
personally, we can take a message that extends beyond the mountain of media for us personally in the power of our words. We're going to see, you know, many scriptures that, that have that application of the value of what we speak and we understand the power in what we speak. But we want to look at this in the context, first of all, of how things operate on the mountain of media. And Proverbs sixteen twenty four says, pleasant words are as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul, health to the bones. I.e., if not, they cause sickness. So we know that personally, and it'd be good for you to remind you of that if you don't know that. Your words affect things, and literally, pleasant words can bring health to the bones. And he's not kidding, it's serious, it's specific to the bones. Bones are affected by pleasant words, they're as in honeycomb, but you can see there is the impact of this when you apply it to the release of news. News agencies, you see them give words, you see them report the news, and, and when there is a good story, a pleasant story, a redemptive story, there is something of healing. There really is, there is an ability to release healing from that mountain to all sectors of society when the Lord raises someone up in influence. So out of all this, the Lord kind of gave me a scripture that Paul quotes. He didn't quote the scripture, he wrote it and they put it down as scriptures. Philippians 4.8, this is a... As it were, it gives us the biblical guideline for journalism. If we say God's philosophy, God's standards, how he would want you to operate. If you're called to be a journalist, if you're called to operate on that mountain representing his interests, we want to look at this scripture and again, apply it to this mountain of media and communications. Paul said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, he says meditate on these things, apply it that way too, but publish this thing, print this thing, this thing, speak it as news. And if you just think through that, again, anyone who's listening to this and has an agency, a media outlet, this becomes guidelines for you, guardrails for you to understand how you advance the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God advances in the opposite spirit as of what the enemy does. It's not like, well, the enemy has the mountain of media with unbelievers and heathens, and so we need Christians on there so we can be just as mean with our stuff and scare people with our own stuff, because this is basically what our appearance is when we show up is with scaring them and there's this going on and it's sin, sin, sin. We don't know how to bring this redemptive news. We haven't understood our assignment on this mountain. So he's he's saying, if it's noble, true, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, and then any virtue, anything praiseworthy. And again, it's not that we are to distort news. It's not that we are not to tell the truth. Back to this, for instance, of Haiti. We saw there were some of these uh, news outlets that really did follow the biblical guideline without knowing they're following the biblical guideline. There is the great shaking, again, the earthquake, and, and the impact it has on society nowadays is that everything bad that happens, again, you get to see it 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 times, depending on how much you watch the news. So you get to be ministered, repeat, 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 and just shudders, you know, shivers down you. Oh my, what's this world coming? Jesus, come quickly. We're in trouble. And instead of having a mentality to rise and shine, we're just like, I know he's about to come. There's Christians all over saying, he's about to come. These things are happening. No, you are about to rise or somebody's about to rise who represents the king. That's what this means. And so, but in it, If you remember, there were stories that began to come out of hope and how that uh, there were people meeting together and and spontaneous praise and spontaneous prayer meetings began to take place. And there were stories of how people came in. There's uh, heroism and and how there was these incredible rescues and and, and there's these stories, these real-life stories that told something of virtue, of good report. And people, you know, I'm sure there's people around the world as they watch this, they would tear up and it was some, oh, that was so good. Probably their hearts, I believe many of the people who have followed and gone there, I want to go there and be helpful too. And, it, and, the, and the media becomes powerful to help stir other helpers to come. 
and show this heart of compassion towards a place that is in great difficulty. So there's just so much power. There's so much power in media and in what is being reported. And, and we really could say that uh, it's not to knock them in any way. We're continued. We're supposed to pray. Whoever's our, our president, no matter, uh, you know, Paul gave that, uh, uh, that command that before anything, pray for those who are in authority. And that was, you know, non-negotiable. And he's speaking when Nero is the emperor. And he's a guy that's killing Christians and sowing Christians inside, uh, you know, uh, the skins of animals and doing all kinds of vicious things. And he says, pray for them. So we are called to pray for our leaders no matter what. But we could say that President Obama was brought in to the presidency through media, probably some alliance between Mountain of Media and Mountain of Celebration of Arts. It wasn't because... It was determined he's the most politically capable. It wasn't like he has, you know, it was actually determined that he was the biggest uh, political neophyte in history, or at least this century in the United States. And so it wasn't about those qualifications. And that's okay. We're just not a complaint about it. It's really the power that exists on that mountain and how someone can, uh, can be raised up or brought down. And, and we saw media also used, you know, there is, there is an anointing, a significant anointing. Whether you like her or not, there is a significant anointing of God on Sarah Palin. And she just shows up. There's like, wow. Now, it doesn't mean everything she says is perfect and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm not here to, uh, uh, you know, to be a, a Sarah Palinite. But there is something. And I, I, for those who are in the church, I said, you know what? The media is rejoicing because they just knocked her off the mountain of government. And they really rejoice when she quit as governor of, of Alaska. And I said, they think they're done with her because she scared them to death. Because they knew that she had an incredible uh, a power in her words and her appearance just to show up. I remember the first, I didn't know that much about her. The first time I saw her on TV was at the Republican uh, Party last year and she uh, uh two years ago and she, and she walked she just walked out i had never seen her before i was st- standing and, and, and i actually sat back down i go and i said out loud oh my goodness the anointing that is on her I, it just pushed me back and, and then she had and so she scared uh the media to death particularly certain elements uh, uh of the media and i i i i told you or those part of the church i said i'm going to tell you she she is not done yet. The mountain that she has more anointing on is the mountain of media. I said, she will go there and you will see there will be a great presence of her on that mountain. And she will be, and, and she has been plenty in the news this whole year. Her, her books, her programs, her show, everything she says, she shows up. You got to pay $100,000 just for her to show up. And, and that is, uh, and I said, she may have to go to the mountain of media and make room for herself from that mountain for, on the mountain of government. Because on the mountain of government, if you don't have a friendly voice on the mountain of media, they can twist and distort what you're trying to say. So you might have to go there and be on there so much and make room for yourself that you can tell the nation how you really think. Then the nation can judge whether they want you or not, but not get a distortion of who you are. So this, this is specific even advice we've, had, we've given for three or four nations where someone was going to run for president or thinking about it. And they asked what I thought. And I said, it's not time. I said, the mountain of media, there is no objective truth voice on that mountain. Even if you're somebody good and righteous on the mountain of government, it will be twisted and distorted, and and the people will not know what's going on. You need to first show up on that mountain, make room for yourself on that mountain. And that is uh, happening in in several of these nations. And so it is a big deal as it relates to seeing God begin to release his kingdom upon entire uh, nations. Okay, I want to show you uh, some pictures here that go into the message we're giving to you. And we may have to, we'll see how we, we do this. <clears throat> I think I wrote this so small, I'm going to have to put my glasses on. I've read a book by him. I've shared this with you a couple years ago, those who were uh, at, at, the, uh, at the, the message on, on the mountain of media. Dr. Masaru Emoto, a Japanese scientist, showed the effect of certain sounds and words and how the thoughts and emotions behind them altered the molecular structure of water. He has written several books on this. And again, he is not a believer at all. And, and uh, his books have, 
have sold, uh, I think in the millions, if not hundreds of thousands. The test consisted in exposing water to these agents, these agents of sounds and words and the thoughts and emotions behind them, and then photographing the water crystals that formed while freezing. So that is the first. Are we able to show? Is that slide showing up there? You can put the first one. Oh, well, that was, uh, you put the first one, the molecule of water at a birthing. So that is a molecule of water that has been frozen at birthing. And so this is um, what it looks like. Now, we want to show you a few pictures and make some obvious comments about them. We want to show you a molecule of water that has been frozen that, and this had been in a dirty river, if you can, the next one. So that is a molecule of water that has been in a dirty river. You see the different way it looks. Now we want to show you water crystals that were formed when they were exposed to the sound of praying coming through speakers. They even did, I don't have it here, they did an experiment there was a polluted lake somewhere in Asia, and they had 300 prayers come there. This was more a Buddhist New Age type thing. But it was led by this same doctor, and he had them speak blessing. They tested the water and got the frozen water crystals before, and it looked like the previous one. And then they spoke, and they blessed the water. I don't remember for how long. And then they tested the water again. It purified and the crystals looked not quite as good as this, but very similar to that. Just on 300, not even spirit-filled believers doing that. Now, this just is confirming what Scripture tells us. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we, I may have that Scripture coming on. But we're going to keep showing you some more. There is a molecule of water exposed to words that continually threaten to kill. So this is a molecule of water that was frozen, and this was something that lived under kind of the conditioning that you would be if you listen to typical news. When you turn on the news, today, there was a mass suicide over here. There was a bombing over here. There was a killing. There was bad news, bad news, and there is disease threat. This new thing, they say it could be coming to your neighborhood, and there's a pandemic, and you know everything was coming to get us. And you live under that, and the water... The, the, cells what they begin to do the second picture is a molecule of water exposed to the sound of adolf hitler's voice now we want to show you a couple more here's a water crystal that's been frozen exposed to words of love and admiration and then there's one that's been exposed to beethoven's music it's pretty positive, too. If you think of those other pictures you, you saw. Well, here's the punchline. If you didn't get it already, we are water. <laughs> Earth and humans are roughly two-thirds water. And the younger you are, the higher percentage water you are. So the more susceptible you are to conditioning. I think, what, a baby's 90% water? Does anybody know that who's... Uh, I didn't research that again, but I believe that's what their, your consistency is at. And, and um, if you imagine, this is going back, to, I've already made the point, but these are some pictures to back it up. When you are continually exposed to distressing news, bad news, it's not just a, well, a condition or you think your mind. Your cells, literally who you are, they turn on you in a bad way. That's why a major cause of disease is because these institutions are run and operated under by Apollyon. He's destroying. Literally, remember, his name is Destroyer. He knows if he can hold the news, if he can be the one who reports news, he can destroy. He can destroy in multiple ways. But it's through, he has the simple uh, strategic effect of the Hittites. Bad news, bad news, terror, bad news, bad news, bad news. You keep getting exposed to bad news. Your cells start doing what that stuff, those pictures you just saw. When you're in the presence of the Lord, you worship him, your cells get to uh, reflect more who he is.
So the scripture already told you about. Proverbs 18, 21. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And, and again, the world, if you want to call it. Scientists who aren't believers. New agers, whatever. Sometimes they're more advanced in understanding truths than we are. Uh, certain truths. They miss some of the essential truths. But they understand things uh, some of the things we think they're just nuts about, they're really right about. And one of them, this particular one, your words, your thoughts. In these tests, I'm remembering now, I didn't put them in the, in the PowerPoint, but I remember reading this book by this uh, Dr. Emoto. I forget his name if I said that wrong. It's Japanese anyway, I would be saying it wrong. But there was, it's not just spoken words, they would... Tape words. There was two containers. I remember now this two plastic container, like Tupperware containers of rice, cooked rice, because cooked rice has a high degree of water in it. And on one of them, they taped the word, I hate you. And on the other one, I love you. And it was like after two days, the rice that was, I hate you, was rotten and stunk. And the other one stayed good for 10 days. You can try it yourself. It was something, I don't have the exact, uh, uh, the exact, uh, you know, 10 or 2 or whatever it was, the exact numbers there. But the point is, you go, well, wait a minute. How does that make sense? There is rhythms, there is energy written, uh, what written uh, material does. You can see you're reading the newspaper. There is something that is released. He did multiple tests on the power of writing something and what it releases. And, so, and it's, you know, that's not even humans reading. That's the rice reading it. I don't know what's going on there. The subatomic particle level, there's a lot of stuff going on. And we're starting to see it more and more. It'll cause the kingdom of God to make more and more sense and to be less and less about faith in a way. Really, I believe we're headed towards this thing we've had to believe about faith. You know, it's all these things about the things. Every time you see in the invisible things, the invisible things will be things that through our high-powered microscopes we will see. And so things that were formerly invisible, we will see them. And they're like, oh. And so it'll be no longer... Faith, that's actually a true in a whole lot of areas having to do with quantum physics. They're finding out, you, you know, when you see something, when you observe it, and it knows it's being observed, it's activated. And they're like, whoa, how did it know that we're seeing it? It's like if you just look at it and it's there, it's something on this carpet. It's not. But when you put that uh, high-powered microscope and you can see down to the subatomic particle level, the thing that's spinning, it gets active. It blinks on when it knows it's being observed. And it blinks on differently depending who's observing it. Uh, I really didn't have time to go down there, so I better stop that one right there. Okay. <laughs> so we want us to look at some more media wisdom from Proverbs. Proverbs 10, 11. As we close. Proverbs 10, 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Again, please take all of this for personal application into your household immediately also. Just imagine what you're doing to the cells, the water cells of your husband or wife or your kids when you don't do this. I'll take it too. I need to be reminded of my very own messages. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. So we want to be in this position, watchmen, and reporting in a redemptive way what is taking place to the world on this mountain of media. Proverbs 15, 2. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. This thing of the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly. This is the call of those called by God to be on this mountain of media, whether you're doing it through a newspaper, a magazine, through radio, through a blog, internet, opinion, something. You know, you have people, Twitter. You get people who are being followed by five and 10 million people, everything they say. They're really a news outlet now. And there's just a whole different way of thinking. There is room for everyone. And if there's an angel that helps you and you understand your mission, you get some more help, then all of a sudden you can be one of those that's getting a lot of hits and if there's an understanding, you know, if you go there, they always seem to have, you know, these things that happen. They seem to know how it fits in and what's really taking place, how to use knowledge rightly, how to redemptively report what is God's message within the news item and how to say it stealthily and with wisdom. And depending where it is, is how stealthful you have to be. And the Lord can show you that. Okay. 
few more scriptures out of Proverbs. More media wisdom, Proverbs 12, 8, 12, 18. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Again, this tie-in between words and health. We could probably cut out a whole lot of our vitamins if we just spoke enough in redemptive fashion to each other. I'll leave that one too. Okay. We want to acknowledge part of the problem. Proverbs 17, 4. This is out of the message. Evil people relish malicious conversation. The ears of liars itch for dirty gossip. We do find out that there is an appetite for that which is down. But one thing the Lord has shown me, that he will raise up, there will be new news outlets, such as CNN, Fox, but there will be something else. I don't know what the name will be, but it will be raised up by sons and daughters of the king who understand their mission. And they will, you can say, they will compete with what is out there. And it could be the offers for CNN or Fox News to be one of these from the Lord. If they understand their assignment from the Lord, that this is, again, this is a, a ministry outlet, though. This is to showcase how God would see things and say things. A lot of responsibility on that, to be watchmen on this. But I believe in the future that there will be uh, not just one, but actually the Lord showed me there will be in every city and nation that is being transformed, there will be, the key will be that there will be a media outlet there that the people trust. Because you go to places, nobody knows what to trust. I was in one nation, you had 22 more, you know, newspapers. And I look at the newspapers and one guy is being vilified in one and he's being, you know, he's the second coming of Christ in the other. Like, what in the world is the truth in this nation? And you don't know. And they're, they're just trying to guess. And so they're told things about everything, about, you know, whether it's violence and you have some nations feeling under siege because they keep reporting on one murder, bad murder that took place. The murder rate has dropped for 10 years in a row in that nation, but they so reported about one bad one, the whole nation begins buying alarms, locking up and talk, and they live in fear. And there needs to be somebody there that just says something objective like, you know what, that was bad, but murders have actually gone down in our nation, in our city. You know, tell it in a redemptive fashion. And, uh, and then what will begin to happen, especially as elections come up in different cities, nations, etc., the people want to know what really is objective truth. And they will begin to recognize who is the outlet, the agency that you can depend on. Who is the one of truth? The Lord said, when he spoke to me, by 2015, this would be very important. That this is a primary mission for sons and daughters of the king who have an interest in seeing reformation, transformation of nations. That they work, it is more important to work for, for that than enough TV time to give the gospel. There are, there are you know, there, there is uh, millions of dollars being spent getting the gospel out as TV evangelists. But there is, if there is a pooling together and the creating of an agency, news agency, that understood their mission, their assignment, they're called to say the truth, but to say it redemptively. Not to be, you know, it's, they, that's not the mountain you need to tell John 3.16 all the time. You can do it in a stealthful way. And you can say, uh, I, one instance comes to me, and this won't take but, but a moment. I remember, you may remember, from a couple of years ago in New York City, the guy in the subway, uh, uh, in, in, the, in the train, uh, underground subway train thing there. What do you call that in New York City? Anyway, there was somebody... You know, he was a hero because he jumped down. There was somebody that was passed out or something in the rails, and he went down, laid over him, and protected him. And, you know, the top of his head was just the, the top of the cars going over him. And they're like, what in the world made you do that? You risked your life for that. He says, and he went on to his relationship with Jesus, and Jesus told him to, and that's why he did it. And so he's on Larry King, he's on TV, he's in the news, he's, you know, David Letterman, all these things. And there is, and, uh, you know, the message of salvation is getting out there. And, and, and so there would be, uh, it would be of great value for there to be a news agency was looking for that type of story all the time. Where it's not specifically the gospel, but you get to connect it to a, a redemptive story such as that. All right. Developing media credibility, Proverbs 12, 19. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue, we have it written wrong. It says a lying tongue lasts forever. 
It's supposed to be, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. And there is an application there, uh, I believe, as it relates to media outlets. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. And that what we will see in the future, when sons and daughters of the king understand their assignment, they will win the ratings war. They will win the ratings war because people are tired of bad news and they're tired of not being able to tell what is the objective truth. Are we really getting bit by more mosquitoes or not? Are we more likely to get a flu or not? And people just don't know. Are we more likely to get these things or not get anything? Something, somebody tell the truth and say it in an objective, redemptive way and there needs to be more good reporting than, uh, than just the bad news. Yes, if something horrific is happening, it has to be reported. Reported, but there is the redemptive way of reporting that. So our media assignment on this mountain, to have the news reporting agencies of trust and confidence in every nation, we expect to see reformation. We want to understand that when we talk about taking a mountain, it's not that the other things don't exist there, but in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord exalted on the tops of the mountains and the nations come running to that there is something they will recognize. I'm going to tell you the trend in the future will be there will be these new kingdom they won't be called kingdom, but king, kingdom news reporting way with agencies, whether they're newspapers, TV, uh, news stations, whether they happen through blog, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. And, and, and they will carry so much uh, viewership that the, the, the well-known agencies that are around will say, how are we losing? They got their numbers. They just started a year ago, and they're twice us already. He said, well, they have this whole different strategy. They're like, it's got to be positive and hopeful, even when they're talking about something bad. Well, then we got to do it too, because money drives it, and they see they're losing the ratings. That's how this mountain gets changed. And so a whole different way of doing things happen. This will happen. This is, I declare to you prophetically, this is what will begin to happen in the coming days, months, and years. And so we have, uh, all right, we have two more. Our mission, to understand redemptive news reporting. I've been mentioning that all along, the concept of eulogia. And that is tied into the, for those who remember the, the overview, Revelation 5, 12. It says, worthy is the lamb to receive power and wisdom and riches. And it goes on down the line. And the last one is blessing. And that's the one that corresponds with the mountain of media. Worthy is the lamb. There are seven things he's worthy of. They're all connected to each one of the seven mountains, each one of the seven spirits of God. And that thing, blessing, the word there in the Greek is eulogia. Uh, something like that, and, and it's how you pronounce it, but it's where we understand our word eulogy from. You know, somebody dies, and, and um, it's the redemptive news on the guy. You know, he, he may have been sort of a drunkard and, and, and had, uh, you know, he had a difficult time in life, but somebody, you know, people come up when he's dead and say, you know, he had a great sense of humor, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, up until, you know, the first five years of my life, he treated me good. You know, it's, it's different ways. That may not be a good example. But the idea of... <laughs> I think I was prophetically seeing an actual situation. It didn't need to be reported. But the point is, eulogia is a redemptive news on someone's life. And this is how heaven does things. It's the way the Lord gives messages. If you even look into the letters to Revelation, to the seven churches, there was a message, there was a strong message of correction to each one of the churches. Most of them were being told, I'm about to remove you, unplug you as a church because you're in so much disobedience. That it was done in a very positive way. I've seen you, you've tested those who are, say they're apostles and are not. He would start out with this positive thing. It's God's sandwich approach. He tells you something positive, and he tells, Ugh! and then, but, you know, repent, and it's going to go well with you. And, of course, all those churches are gone now. It didn't go well with them. But God's approach, and there will be a redemptive end story to the, the, seven, the seven churches that are specifically mentioned there, but it's how he operates. It's his modus operandi, if you want to say, even his messaging. And you can use that for yourself as you're giving instruction to each other, talking to your husband, to your wife, um, whatever. It really works, this sandwich approach. Something positive, tell what you really, you know, the sandwich, uh, what you really wanted to say. And you close it with something uh, redemptive and positive. So you're not just giving uh, the, the, the cold, mean news. There was a bad earthquake in Haiti. Everybody died. You know, there's, there's a better way of saying, saying things like that. So... 
Our assignment is newspapers, magazines, TV channels, internet, Facebook, Twitter, blogs, YouTube, whatever new invention comes down the line, whatever new technology, all potential media foundations of great influence. This mountain has never been so open for sons and daughters of the king. You don't have to even be wealthy. You just got to be a little creative and have some anointing help from God, understand your mission, and we'd be best served with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands in every nation. Those that can share with people what is taking place, what it means, and people will become addicted to the hope that is being released from those observations that come from these people. These, these, these enlightened, the Lord is saying they're like Daniels. They, they will have enlightenment. They will have understanding of the times, what God is saying. And they will lead many to the Lord in an indirect way because of what they will do. The kindness of the Lord leading to repentance. Opportunities such as have never occurred before are before us for this mountain. So I want to ask you to stand with me right now. I'd like to pray with you. Just make a quick prayer for those. If you are here uh, tonight and you are already on this mountain of media in some way, or you can, you can hear God calling you. You're like, I am going to show up on that mountain. I'm going to ask for strategies from God, how I'm supposed to be used. I'm volunteering as a minister, as an evangelist on that mountain. Something has lit in my heart and spirit. I want to invite you to come up here, and I want to pray over you, and I believe the Lord will release some help over you at this time. Those of you watching online, I want to pray for you. Do something. You can stand up if you would like, and... Um, we also, those who are watching the schools of ministry, do maybe stand up. If you're sitting down, stand up. If you're standing up, come forward so we can pray over you. I believe there will be a release of, of God's help. We're watching even the testimonies come back as we pray over the people that are called to the mountains and those who are willing to say, I want to be a minister of God on that mountain. I want, I want to start uh, allowing him to, to use me in this way. And you just never know. You just start somewhere and then God takes it somewhere else. You know, these guys, this is not the goal, of course, to be billionaires, but these people who started Facebook, YouTube, and all these kind of stuff, they become billionaires just out of some idea. These creative ideas then connected to a kingdom purpose is what God desires uh, to use in these coming days. And this is awesome. Another good, good group up here for this. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and hold your hands out uh, just like this to receive from the Lord. So, Lord, we just thank you for what you are doing around the world. We thank you for, Lord, I just thank you for this response, even in the church here today. And I thank you for those who are responding online. Those who are in these schools of ministry who are standing and holding their hands out and responding and say, Lord, I'm here to serve you. Just release your anointing, your ideas, your favor on me. So I speak over you in the name of Jesus. New ideas, Papa's dreams, Papa's heart, creative thinking on how to reach people with this mission of being evangelists, being those watchmen on the wall who are agreeing with God and speaking into what we call secular society, but there is no such thing as secular anymore. The whole world is our congregation. And so we will all be given a sphere. I just saw these circles, these spheres of influence. Each one of you will be given. And as you are faithful, then it will increase more and more. And some of you will grow into something massive. I see all sizes of different circles. And, and there's circles of tens and there's circles of hundreds and then tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands. And I believe a couple of you it will be in the millions. And it may be more than a couple of you right here. Overall, there will be multiple of you, I believe, that will be released into having influence over millions with carrying the heart of God, the spirit of good news. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news, redemptive news, the truth. Whew. I thank you, Lord, for the angels being released even right now among this group to assist them, to work with them as they volunteer. These are your volunteers that will begin to operate ministerially. This will be their pulpit. This will be their platform. This will be their place. So many of them, Lord, this is so, just so many people on their computer, internet, phones. It's, it's amazing how the Lord has given everybody now a pulpit and a platform. And if you understand that, it is really powerful. Many of you are, and you'll begin to get more instruction, more fire, 
And I just pray that you will begin to connect between yourselves. The wisdom of mountain climbers. You rope yourselves together even. You learn ideas. You find out more of the heart of God, the wisdom of God. So I speak that upon you. I speak the breath. I just see the breath of the Holy Spirit coming on you. And so I'm just going to do that prophetically. It's his breath. But as I blow, I believe you'll feel something come into your spirit that will ignite you in a new way. This is something, this is an urgency for this mountain. I feel it in the spirit. That's why this was the first archangel that was sent of the seven archangels for the seven mountains. They're all active in some way, but there's some fresh release. There's a release, an activation. And I thank you, Lord, what you will do. I thank you for the magazines, the new magazines, the new news agencies, the new newspapers, all the internet outlets, the new ideas. Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do in and through these, your sons and daughters. And how, first of all, just as we close here, hear the Lord saying, you know, connect to the spirit of good news, all hopelessness. You cannot be a minister of God on this mountain and carry hopelessness. So I break any hopelessness off your life in the name of Jesus. Any inability to see his big picture. Inability to see his light because the darkness seems so oppressive. You've got to be his watchman. You've got to get on his wall. Oh, that scripture, I love it. They will see eye to eye with the Lord when he comes to Zion. The watchman on the wall. You are the watchman on the wall who will see eye to eye with the Lord. You've got to be up where he is and you will see eye to eye with him. This is going to be powerful, powerful. My spirit just all of a sudden, just, uh, I, I sense how powerful this will be and how many of you there will be on that mountain, those here and around the globe. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.